0: Welcome to another episode of Panels and Bars. This week we're covering Marvel and Disney Plus's What If. But first, some news. So actually, I should have covered this last week, but it has been officially revealed that the title for Matrix 4 is Matrix Resurrections. Considering the pattern of what the other sequels were called... Patrick and I really should have guessed that actually. It's kind of obvious when you think about it, but yeah, I like it. It's simple. It continues that pattern. I'm really looking forward to this film. So we will cover it obviously when it happens. And Patrick and I at some point, probably the week prior to its release, we'll watch all three Matrix films and the Animatrix. Oh yeah. I might possibly play Path of Neo because I have good memories of that game.
1: Um, Uh, A trailer's been shown of the Matrix. It's not been shown to the public Ooh. But it has been shown and people are talking about it. Apparently, it's got Neo trapped inside the Matrix and he doesn't remember anything. And he meets Trinity and she doesn't remember anything. Oh, uh, I like and that. Then, and then they meet young Morpheus. And then the description just said, then there is a lot of action with spinning cameras. I nice. That was the whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sign me up, yeah.
0: <laughs> so another piece of news, Kanye West actually released Donda. We were waiting for it. We've been waiting for it for a month now or something so this means the next episode of this podcast will be me explaining kanye west to patrick and to listeners who are unfamiliar with him um mm. i have enjoyed the album Your appreciation of it will vary on how much time you have for him because it is 27 tracks long and most of the 27 tracks are talking are him talking about how amazing jesus is so i would say if you've never listened to kanye it's probably not the best place to start but if you're a fan you'll enjoy it's it's him not back to his best but a lot better than he has been for the past three or four years and finally it has been revealed, not officially confirmed by Kevin Feige, but it's been revealed by numerous sources that Marvel will be adapting Secret Wars. It's going to be the next big project. You, if you remember when we did the pitch-off, my uh, proposal was a Secret Wars, but it's not these, these, these Secret Wars that's going to be adapted. This Secret Wars is the original, which was originally a vehicle for them to sell Hasbro toys. It might have been Kenner back then, but yeah, the Marvel toys, and it introduced us to the black suit and Spider-Man. It was a universe-spanning epic that featured pretty much all the characters and considering at some point in the next decade we're probably going to see fantastic four and x-men it makes sense that secret wars would be the next big phase they work towards so it's stupid it's stupid it's, it's <laughs> stupid a man comes from space and grabs
1: all the marvel superheroes and makes them fight in a big battle tournament because nobody could be bothered to write a story yeah it's rubbish yeah <laughs> like...
0: i i mean i mean because Kevin Feige is always trying to ground this universe and he's not crazy about giant space monsters and things. It would be interesting to see what's the reason for everyone being in Secret Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think... Well, I'm find...
1: assuming if they do the black suit, they're not going to do it the way that it happens in the original Secret Wars, where Spider-Man is walking down a hallway and finds it in a room. Yeah. And just puts it on and that's it.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, I mean, I think they've... I think Sony's kind of made it an even more difficult situation for Marvel because... They've already used the symbiote in, in the Venom franchise, you know, because yeah, they, yeah, they, just, course, they, couldn't, they couldn't wait for Marvel to introduce it. So now Marvel's going to be like, if we make it something else, a fan's going to be confused because they're going to be like, so it's not the same thing as the Venom thing. But then if we make it symbiote, a fan's going to go, wait, so it's not connected. It's Sony's kind of unfortunately jumped the gun. So, but I, if I trust anyone to come up with a creative solution, it'll be Marvel. So we'll see. And that's Fair. the news for the week patrick (laughs) what if what did you think
1: um so okay so i felt like i was kind of middling on it but that's not fair what i would say is that it's incredibly uneven yeah like there are things about it which are great and there are moments where i'm all like this is awesome yeah and then there are other bits where i'm on my phone because it's so boring um so like i made a little list and i was trying to do like good and bad uh and in good, I've got the action scenes. Yes. In bad, I've got the voices. Yes. And
0: in and in medium, so when you, I've got when you say the voices, the show. when you say the voices, do you mean the the non celebrities playing the celebrities, or do you mean the celebrities in their flat delivery of lines? Both.
1: I mean, it's the, <laughs> firstly like it really reminds me of that period of video games where they hired famous people to do voices and didn't realise that maybe what would be better was voice actors. We're looking at like, you, Michael. Yeah, like a couple of people. Obviously, Tom Hiddleston is great at doing Loki. It doesn't really matter. Chadwick Boseman's fantastic. Chadwick Boseman was fantastic. Josh Brolin was great.
0: Josh Brolin was great as Thanos, who's like, no, but see, it's not genocide. (laughs) I love
1: that. Yeah, you see, I really liked him. Um, But everything else, I was like, I thought it kind of handled it differently in different episodes. Mm. What really bothered me about the voices was... Like, I, I really, if you can't get all the people, I thought that the scenes where Peggy was talking to Steve and she had her actual voice and he had some crap voice yeah. was really, really
0: bad. It's distracting, isn't um, it? it?
1: It was really distracting. And also there was a level at which I was all like, I cannot understand how when they were doing Benicio Del Toro's bit, they didn't pop out a recording of Guardians and go, no, you did this act Because
0: he Cause... just does whatever. The thing is, I was say he was on this one because I skip the opening credits mainly because I want to be surprised by who turns up. So when I saw the ending credits, I was like, wait, that was actually him? Because he, mm. as you say, he's just gone in a completely different direction from his original portrayal. So I thought it was someone doing a Benicio del Toro impression and not Benicio del Toro. And I'm I'm so glad they got him back and he at least seemed to really love doing it, but it's not the same character. Well
1: then they got Dum Dum Dugan back. Yeah. And he and he just didn't he just wasn't doing the same voice. No. Like he just wasn't doing the same accent. Yeah. It was just a bit like why would why in what world would did you think yeah and obviously some people were incredibly flat Sebastian Stones oh awful. my gosh he was but I, I feel like they held
0: him at gunpoint yeah <laughs> it's just like no Steve don't go on the train but I really think that voice acting is a real talent it is it it's is. a real it's, like it's, it's the curse of Aladdin where Robin Williams made Disney a bajillion bucks. And, you know, and and the funny thing is, I don't. for those that don't know, Robin Williams had to really be coerced into doing Aladdin. He didn't want to do it. He didn't see any appeal. And eventually, I think there were two things. The first thing was he thought, okay, well, this would actually be great for my kids. A lot of my movies my kids can't watch. I would love them to watch them. The second thing was the Disney animators had the really smart idea of animating some scenes of Genie over his existing stand-up. So when he saw how expressive the animation was, he was like, okay, yeah, actually, I see you guys are doing something innovative. But his original deal was, I don't want to be anywhere on the poster. And not because he was ashamed, but because he didn't want it to be the Robin Williams show. He liked the story. He liked the characters. And he wanted the characters to speak for themselves. And of course, the first advert starring Academy Award nominee Robin Williams. And so he'd already signed on. So he did the film. But he immediately was like, I'm not doing the sequels, we promised because you broke the contract, which is why he's not in the sequel and he is in the third one he's yeah, in the th- right? the third the only reason he's in the third is because the ceo that was acting or ceo when he was there left
1: okay so what was that Iger? or no that will have or will or
0: i can't remember who it the was other but yeah it was if i read up about it but it was like they had left and so they came the new ceo came was like we will uphold everything we did and we will also donate like an insane amount of money to your favorite charity as a way of apology. So that's why he's in the third. Mm. But yeah, and that, that's, and that's why. And, but unfortunately, even with that dispute, Disney never learned their lessons. And so if you look at Lion King, and Lion King is fantastic. I love Lion King, but it's pushed, it's pushed on Jeremy Irons and James Earl Jones, who are amazing in that film. But as you say, there are people that are specialists in this medium and they're specialists for a reason. Yeah, they, you know, absolutely. It, it, it's, it, I mean, Tom Hanks always jokes about it, but like he and Tim Allen did hundreds of takes for Toy Story. And I think actors don't realize it's because it's not enough the charisma and stuff you bring to a live action. You have to be really expressive, you have to really project an animation to sell it. And you just being a talented screen actor doesn't always work. And, and as you said, this series exposes that for a lot of people who are effortless in live action. They come across re- I mean, even like Michael Rooker, who I think is one of those guys. He's just fantastic and has so much charisma and character. Yeah. It t- it almost seems like you can hear him warming up as that episode. Yeah. he gets he gets better. But when you first see him, you're almost thinking, "Is that Michael Rooker?" Because it's kind of off. And a few, yeah,
1: absolutely. Like that. And like um, Michael Douglas sounded rubbish. Um, Samuel L. Jackson sounded great. But I mean, but he's frozen, a lot. So yeah. Yeah, and he's done lots of games and other stuff. Like yeah. He's done loads of voice work. Samuel L. Jackson will take any job. So <laughs> so you're right, really, because yeah. he, he's obviously done lots of animation. But yeah, no, the voices are the only thing I thought was out and out bad. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the action scenes were all really good. Yeah. I really love the way they're framed. I thought that animation-wise, they've generally got a decent amount of weight to them. That bit where Peggy and Steve fought against the planes was just fantastic. Um, and actually a lot of the action scenes, the bits where Peggy was like smashing people's faces in was Captain America or Captain Captain England. Captain Carter, yeah. Um where, I mean, she's Captain Britain, isn't she? But they can't call her that yeah. because they've got other another character. <laughs> um all of those bits were really, really,
0: really Yeah. Fun. I mean, I'm so I was saying this before we, we started recording. I'm not super sold on the on the animation, but there are certain parts, so so in the latest episode they do some really clever things with the watcher's silhouette being part of the yeah um, and things like that and i really like that i think that's a really interesting creative choice and as for people who read the comics know the watcher's kind of tagline is always i'm sworn not to interfere until i inevitably interfere and so i think what was really cool about that was marvel knows that some of us already know this about him and it's playing on that is he gonna step in? Is he gonna step? Cause at any point now he is going to step in. And I liked how they played with that. And I liked how they use that as a kind of visual motif for a lot of the episode. You could see his eyes and in the background and things. And
1: mm.
0: like I said, generally I'm not sold, but it's also not so bad that it's distracting. I think the storylines and, and the acting in the better episodes is enough for me to overlook how okay I think the animation is.
1: Well, I mean, if I'm an animation geek about it, what I would say is the models are okay, but there's some inconsistency between them. Some of yeah. them are very realistic and some of them are very stylized. Yeah. And I think and then, yeah, some, some of the
0: stylistic choices, I mean, so for instance, in, in the most recent episode, episode three, uh, which I think is, I'd say maybe the strongest of the bunch. Not, not not the most fun, but I think in terms of writing and pacing, it's probably the strongest. But there's like an interesting choice where Ruffalo plays Banner, but yeah. obviously he's playing Banner during The Incredible Hulk. And I think they've gone for this weird hybrid Model, which is yeah. half Norton and half Ruffalo. And so it just doesn't feel like either. And that was a strange choice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, there was a level at which, like, Peggy looked really realistic. Yeah. And then, like, every time she was with Howard Stark, he looked like an actual Disney character. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like jerking around, emoting, <laughs> loads his eyes get big. And I was like, you guys need to pick what style yes. of animation you're going with yeah. here. Um, it all looks a bit borderland cell shaded. Yes. But the lighting is lovely. Yeah, the lighting's really beautiful especially in the Captain Carter episode there were bits with the headlights gleaming off a shield and casting shadows on her face yeah. and the sun coming, through, like all of that I,
0: I visually liked a lot of stuff gorgeous. in the T'Challa episode, I thought that part of the universe gives you loads of great colours whether it's going to a place yeah. like Nowhere where you've got just all these space beams and, and you've got various creatures of different skin tones, I thought that was they played with that mm. really well so I thought that I found that visually appealing. In terms of the storylines even though I love Hayley well, and I could watch a thousand episodes of Carter, for me, episode one was the weakest of the bunch so far because it was just "What if we gender swapped the first Avenger?" It was yeah, like, the same film.
1: I feel like the f- episodes one and three don't really understand what the point of "What if" is. Yeah, because like episode one was like "What if? What if Peggy had taken the serum?" and the answer was everything would be exactly the same. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> ex- except she did it. So like. So that seems like a really weird answer. Yeah. And episode three didn't answer its own question. It was like, what if all the Avengers got assassinated? And then the episode was about them getting assassinated. Yeah. And the, all of the what if that happened, what would have occurred, was shoved into the last five minutes. Yeah. Like, I would have much rather it picked up with a montage of them all just getting assassinated and then followed that world where where Loki's in charge and Captain Marvel and Captain America and Nick Fury have to try and take, take the world back over. Yeah. Like, that's so much what more interesting What I thought interesting was quite interesting premise. as well was
0: because, because Feige is so obsessed with everything tying in together. And that last scene, I was wondering if Nick Fury was going to wipe away the ice and you would see Captain Carter shield rather than mm-hmm. Steve. So that was interesting that obviously they are... It is anthology, and those are separate episodes. Not yeah, they are end. full on yeah, separate. so I was worlds. I was impressed by that, and but it also makes me wonder. Okay, so was the ego teaser just how the episode ends? Were you not going to follow that up? So that was interesting well, as well. Well, in fairness, often what if episode, what if comics end by being all like, and now
1: something very different and exciting is going to happen that you never see. <laughs> you it. never see it. Yeah. So like, <laughs> um, but like, I thought that the second one did a much better job by virtue of the fact that the kind of the breaking point with our reality was 20 years ago yeah so it could show us a world where things had had a lot of time to change yes. like i saw a lot of people online being all like oh so thanos just changed his mind when he had a chat with somebody and i was a bit like well but we don't know that in the last like we don't know when he met Chala." yeah and like I, whilst i don't buy that the, the thanos for infinity war would have been swayed by a conversation Maybe fifteen years ago, Thanos have been, would yeah. have been. Maybe yeah. he wasn't quite as as harsh hard on his stance at that yeah. point. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, think I mean, it, thing the thing is, like, if way-
0: you listen to Thanos' speech when he explains his theory, he says he proposed his theory like fifteen years before everything happened, and everyone said you're a madman. And then he watched slowly as they ran out of resources and. Hmm. And he, and he watched the world decay around him. He was like, you should have listened to me. Now I need to take matters in my own hand. There's nothing to say he didn't propose it and T'Challa said, come with me and showed him a world where there were resources or there was something he could do. or You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, yeah, there's nothing to say that it couldn't have happened. Yeah, it is a bit funny. And it is almost a throwaway gag of like, all it took was one conversation from him and it changed everything. But I, I, but did I like really... That. I really liked that I really liked the idea that
1: T'Challa is so fucking charismatic that him just being there could actually have a huge and for me that's the best bit of what is when you take one person you put them somewhere else and then you go actually this could have a huge butterfly effect whereas like obviously episode 3 was really what if Hope had joined the Avengers uh, had joined S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point but they couldn't call it that because A it would have told us who the bad guy was and B it would have it would people would be disappointed when Hope wasn't in it, yeah. I guess. Um, but I thought that again hiding the breaking point from us made that more intriguing because yeah. I was all like, Oh, what's what's different here? Like Whereas in the first one it was so what if Peggy had been in the room, oh she would have been Captain Carter? Yeah, what would have happened then? Yeah. All the same things in the same order, in the same places. I'll tell you that, um, it did
0: it did prose a well, it didn't I I guess pose a new question. Brought up a question a lot of people have asked, and Marvel's not been very good at answering, which is, during all the stuff that happened during the early 2000s, why didn't Fury call Captain Marvel? Yeah, it still doesn't yeah. answer it. <laughs> no, but I got, I've got to say, I think that the answer
1: there is that like he still had a plan. I think like in in Avengers, I I kind of buy the idea that if all the Avengers had died, he would have pressed that button.
0: Do you know what I mean? I like, guess, but then also. I mean, I, I know, I know. This, this the problem they, they're actually going to have with her going forward, and it's the reason why she's in five seconds of Infinity Wars because she is as powerful as all of them. But then, in a scenario where you had the Chitari invading, I would just get the one who's as powerful as all of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're a, t- if you're a tactician,
0: that. are you going to hire the guy that has seven arrows on his back, or are you going to hire the woman that could punch Thanos without even trying? That's, yep, who that's fair. <laughs>
1: Well, and also, I kind of feel like the reason why we don't see that world where Captain Marvel comes back and helps overthrow Loki is because that story would be very short. Yeah, she would murder him <laughs> and all of his troops, and then it would all be fine. It? Yeah. Like, um, but no, like I liked that. One thing that's really that really bothered me was the character designs and how, like, so like. I loved Nebula's design in the second episode. That was great. I really liked the idea that because Les- because Thanos had been put off his course, he hadn't tortured her for as long, so she still looked more human.
0: Yeah. Or alien. Oh, yeah, whatever. whatever she is. Like-
1: yeah. <laughs> but I loved that they'd redesigned Nebula yeah. for
0: that world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Not, not, not so- even just the redesign. Her personality, she's flirty and funny because he hasn't yeah. stripped that part of her away. He hasn't just made her into this shell of a being. She's had a life and she's lived and she's made friendships and connections.
1: Yeah, whereas, like, I I, like, I can't understand some of the other things that they've reused. Like, so, Hank goes mad and decides to kill all the Avengers and builds his own evil suit, and it's just exactly the same as yellow the Yellow Jack- Jacket yeah. suit that Darren Cross made. Yeah. Like, I would really, I, th- I really felt that that was an opportunity for a, like, evil Ant-Man suit, Yeah. but they've just not bothered to design one. No. And similarly, Howard makes... A mech in the 40s, but it just looks exactly like the Mark McNeil. Yeah. Like they haven't bothered to, like, and it's again, it seems like a really good opportunity to show us how Howard is different. And also, Tony didn't choose that design. No. It was what he could it's make he out of make it out out the scraps. So, yeah, like,
0: so it's weird that like, you've somehow naturally arrived at it.
1: Yeah. And like it felt like they're just reusing designs. Yeah. A, so that they don't have to do new ones, and B, so that can, people will go, hey, it's that things yeah like even even
0: yeah i mean when you hit when you talk about that point even t'challa having maybe star lord's helmet makes sense but the jacket doesn't because all his clothes yeah because the jacket <laughs> is almost like you know he's a kid of the 80s so that's really a michael jackson prince jacket you know that's what that is and he's yeah. fashioned it in this space so it's yeah it doesn't make sense that t'challa would dress exactly the same way
1: no yeah and i thought that in fairness, i mean some I'm people beautiful.
0: even pointed out and this is you can overlook this but some people even pointed out that star lord is star lord because his mom calls him her little star lord yeah so why would t'challa also be star lord
1: well yeah and and in fairness though, i think that's all in service of that gag at the start where yeah. it looks like it's him and then it turns out it's t'challa and and that guy is all fanboying oh my over God, yeah. yeah yeah which in fairness really worked it was for. a great scene i thought <laughs> i thought the second episode was easily the strongest yeah. i i thought it was funniest because, like, again, the humour's been very up and down. Yeah. Like, there were moments in that which made me laugh loads. And in the third one, the bits where Coulson was just, like, staring at Thor <laughs> and being all like... It
0: oh. is great hair. <laughs> but it's it suffers from the problem that everything in the Marvel Universe suffers from, which I was really proud of Loki for, which is that Feige just can't handle serious drama. There has to be quips there. And I get it, but, like, I mean, like you said, the fact they got Michael Douglas back... And in that scene, when he's getting his backside handed to him, he's just like, wow, you're really spry for a guy who's behind a desk all day. And it's like, come on, man. You're supposed to be trying to murder him because you think you think he's responsible for the love of your life. He's supposed to be trying to take you down because you've killed the mightiest heroes on Earth and you're both doing quips back and forth. And yeah, yeah I guess jokes. you can get out of it that the fact that it's actually low key, so maybe he would be laughing at it. But it's, yeah, I just think commit to that, commit to that drama commit to that tension don't have to you know
1: well and also the quips in the first one like the things Peggy was saying felt like they just they were just placeholders for actual jokes that they'd never bothered to put in like like she was just saying stuff and it wasn't like yeah like I didn't and and again like you I really like Heliat well and I really like her performance Peggy Mm. and I really liked all of the scenes where she was like like I wasn't super fond of the Bradley Whitford sexist character Mm. but I really enjoyed... Who was
0: actually in the film? And I had to go back and look. I was like, oh, wow, he was in that film. Oh, was he? Yes, he was actually in the film as the same character.
1: (laughs) No way. Well, Tommy Lee Jones's character was very briefly in one of the scenes, although he didn't speak. Uh, I assume he 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 dies in an explosion, yeah. 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 Um, Because Tommy Lee Jones probably wanted a bajillion
0: dollars to come back. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But no,
1: like I, I thought that like it was like there were bits. The second one especially was really funny, and there were bits in the third one that really made me laugh as yeah. well. But the first one, not so. And then again, like there were in all of them, there's jokes that really miss, where yeah. I was a bit like, oh, flat. Not, yeah. Like that is not that is not doing it for me. Um, yeah. So like I think that it's kind of I think what what's really interesting is that they the three episodes don't feel like they were written by the same people. No, at all. Like they don't really feel like they feel like everybody's got a kind of different take on what this idea is yeah. where it's supposed to go and what you're supposed to do with it. Uh, I really didn't like the third one being arranged as a mystery when there was no way we could solve the mystery. Yeah, There was no evidence. There was no, like, it was like, oh, who's done this? But yeah. there was nothing we could have got. That's the thing, because
0: if you watch A Murder, She Wrote, Jessica goes into town and she's introduced to Patrick and James and Mike and Dave. And so you with the information you have, you can go, okay, well, Patrick... Doesn't have a good alibi. But Dave has more, and you can figure it out. But the problem with what if having a murder mystery is they're saying, "Oh, hey, you know the past decade of like fifty plus characters. It could be any one of those." And it's like, I have. How am I going to figure that out in half an hour? <laughs> well, and there was no evidence. No, no evidence whatsoever aside from it. it's hard to
1: like when they were like, "Oh, Barton got killed in a cell, but we didn't see anybody go in the cell at that place from Thor." I was all like, "Oh, well, it's Loki in it because." We know that He's Loki could yeah. get into the cells. I there lo- being yeah, seen. I think
0: a lot of people thought that. Yeah.
1: And then Loki just showed up in the next scene. I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess it's not Loki. Um, and then they gave us one bit of evidence, which is Nat's fighting somebody who you can't really see. And I was like, oh, it's Ant-Man. And then it was. And <laughs> it was just a bit like, oh, cool. Well, sweet. Problem solved. Yeah. So and like- I mean,
0: also, I guess, yeah, you have to do this because the, uh, the episode needs to happen. But hoping, like, it's all about hope. I'm sorry, you'd be a lot more specific than that. It's all about Hope
1: Van Dyke Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> hey Fury. Remember Agent
1: Hope? You know what I mean? Like I hate I hate it when they do that in shows. Yeah. Where they leave some sort
0: of cryptic message. And it's just like
1: like like especially when people have got names that could also be another word. Yeah. That's so
0: fucking stupid. It's one of those things. It's like, and I understand why you do it. You need the episode on the movie to take as long as it takes. But I one thing I can't stand is when someone is in a position where let's say they're identity their bodies get switched or something and then a character doesn't believe them and they're like what can I say to believe to make you believe me I don't know why don't you recount any the a number of things you've done with that person that no one else would know about He like, yeah, you never do it like, <laughs> it drives me nuts well I'll
1: tell you what really bothered me right so when they're in the collector's place in the second one he's got all those weapons hung on the wall and is there right who hung that up
0: yeah, exactly. And to think, yeah, exactly. Because I don't think. I mean, I guess there's an argument for if you could beat Thor, maybe you'd be considered worthy. But then, how did, do so. like, did you do that? I don't think so. Like, you're supposed to be worthy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. It, yeah, it and was like, funny yeah. with trinkets, but it's like, yeah, how exactly did you get that?
1: Again, it felt like they were more bothered about going. Hey, look, it's that thing from that other Marvel. And here's thing. also my
0: here's my thing. I feel like with that scene if there's any scene where you want to get super Easter eggy, that would have been the scene. But all the Easter eggs are from the Guardians film. They didn't put anything new in there other than the no. stuff behind him. And I was really disappointed by that.
1: And they're all really obvious things. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: like it's Captain America's shield and Thor's hammer. Yeah. Like,
1: like it would have been much more interesting to throw in some weird stuff. Weird other stuff. Things. It would have
0: been a nice, good place to have the first, like, you know, I don't know, have Herbie in there, have yeah. Cerebro, anything, you know, like that kind of hints towards that, that extended universe um, yeah. you know it, yeah so it was a bit disappointing that the you know, only things you really saw were Apollo who's in both the first Guardian films and I mean it was great to see Howard the Duck again having have him voiced by Seth Green but yeah I would have liked to see some other things I
1: disagree I don't like Howard the Duck I don't think it's really? funny I, no no I don't understand what why why anybody wants that to be a thing <laughs> um yeah but I think that all in it's okay yeah i really liked the second episode i'm I'm excited to carry on watching yeah, i guess too. but then it's, good, the well, it's interesting
0: because so chadwick boseman is in still four more episodes to go four he's in four more episodes yeah what? I mean, who knows how big his his role will be in each of them it could just be a cameos here and there but he's he did four uh, in addition to the one we've already seen there's nine in total. You
1: see, that worries me, though. Like, are they just all going to be the same characters? Over this is my again? problem
0: because, yeah, because of the way they've built these sagas, there's not a huge range of characters. And because of how big the characters that are to be introduced, are yet to be introduced are, I doubt we'll see any of them debut here. So no. we're just going to be playing with the Avengers, re- really. I mean, it needs some Spider-Man. I know that I'm too enthusiastic about Spider-Man one of the things that hint, that's hinted at is what if Peter is the Sorcerer Supreme? What? That's yeah. a shit idea. It kind of is. But then obviously, if you look at the trailer for the new film, yeah. he could probably butcher it up massively. So that might be interesting to watch. And then obviously we have Marvel Zombies. The only problem with Marvel Zombies is in that universe, because Cap has been turned, Cap, the acting Cap is Bucky. And obviously we've seen Sebastian Stan is... Not good at this, so I don't know how much I'm looking forward to that episode with him being the main character, but I do like. I Marvel wonder what zombies, the question so. is there as well. What if everybody got zombies?
1: Because obviously, traditionally, Marvel Zombies is not a what if story, it's its
0: own whole thing. No, it's its own thing, yeah. Weird universe, yeah. And I, I, I like, I'm definitely gonna keep watching it, I guess. Um, yeah, but like, I course. thought
1: it was a really uneven experience watching all three of them, like, no,
0: yeah. And as, as you say, I think nothing in it yet has come close to the best issues of the comic. No. I think, yeah, like you said, they, the kind of point that these are all, all trying to make is what if things were... Slow? What if things were the same, but different people did the things? <laughs> That's it. And then whereas the comic is like, what if this one minor change fractured the entire universe? And yeah. they really play with that. And I don't think any of these episodes have really done that. Like, T'Challa's was great, but also a lot of people ended up in similar situations.
1: Yeah, only Thanos is really in like a completely. Yeah. scenario. I mean, even if you look at the end, it's kind of like
0: okay, well, the child missed out on time with his family, but then he still got to go back to Wakanda yeah T'Challa's just got two families now yeah that's it and, so it's and, kind and of they like... all like each other and everything's great in fairness I quite
1: liked the kind con- the contrast of, of actually everything works out fine for T'Challa and now he has two families with oh but ego is going to destroy the universe like yeah. <laughs> I thought that, that was kind of cute because it's like the those are the best what if endings where they're kind of bittersweet because they're either like everything turned out really bad but this person was happier or this person was happier, but something really bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think that those are kind of like, those are the really good what if, episodes, yeah. what if episodes. But like, I think that, yeah, there's a level at which it doesn't feel like they've got, like, it doesn't feel like they're doing what I expected. It feels no. like they're doing. I mean, like, so
0: like one of the great issues of what if is, of the modern run is what if Peter Parker became the Punisher, which is a great question because, you know, it's, it's that Batman thing of, does you know what separates Batman and the Joker is they both had a bad day, but Batman said I'm going to make sure no one ever has a day like this again, and Joker said I'm going to make sure everyone has a day like this. Yeah, and and that's the thing with Peter. Peter learned the lessons of of with great power must come great responsibility, and he took that on his shoulders and strove to protect people. He could have become a person who just lashed out at the world, and so him being the Punisher is not a massive leap. But it does no. massively change everything in that universe. It changes the way people perceive him. It changes his ability to be cl- become close. He doesn't have Mary Jane. He pushes Aunt May away. All that type of stuff. Can, and, and that's I think this could have exp- explored hasn't really done it yet.
1: I like the one where Wolverine gets too drunk and so they can't do Weapon X on him. And then he still becomes like an X-Man and a superhero. But he doesn't have the adamantium or the horrible scarring and misery. Uh, and so he's much more like heroic. He's much more like Cyclops. He's like a, yeah. he's like a, he's the good the good leader uh, of the X Men. And I, I really like that. Like the idea that like individual events in their lives push them to be different kinds of people. Yeah, I'm gonna keep watching, but I yeah. do feel obviously. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what else are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like. But yeah, like I don't feel that it's given me like exactly what I was expecting, and that's not necessarily bad. Yeah. I just like it if they didn't reuse so much stuff from the, the things. Like, because there's also really lovely little design details. I really liked how when Steve was in the big, the big mech thing. He had a heads-up display like Tony House when he's in the Iron Man suit, yeah. but it had all like analog dials because it's the forties instead of like digital things. Like I really and there's little things like that that actually I really really like. Like was that thing that the Red Skull was summoning Shumagorath? because it looked like Shumagora?
0: It did, yeah. Um, also, um, I, I love like, that uh, that that you've hit a good point actually because I love that um, that kind of reveals that what was Red Skull's plan because he finally gets to see it through in that version. It's like. You didn't, you didn't think this through, did you, buddy? <laughs> we just yeah, going to yeah. point the his test reactor stuff was, and hope it
1: worked. <laughs> his plan was to summon giant octopus. Like what? Like, um, but I, but I appreciate him getting crushed by it. Like, yeah. I, love a, I love a classic villains plan kills them kind of moment. And that's the thing. There's loads of lovely little individual moments in there that I really, really like. Loads of really funny things. Loads of like, like I really appreciate. I loved when T'Challa was walking through the museum and his necklace went off and the, and the drums started playing. Um, yeah. I thought that was really, really neat. And I was still yeah. like, oh, there's, there's Wakanda stuff there. <laughs> um, and like, that's like, I think that's a really, really good shorthand. I really liked Captain Carter having her own theme that sounded kind of like Captain America's theme, but was like yeah. a bit different. Like, I thought that was really cool. In Fenestra, like, and, and I really liked seeing Mark Ruffalo Hulk shoved yeah. into. But then, like again, like voice wise, they hadn't even made an effort to make Betty sound like like no. Lyft, but like, you know, like,
0: you know, you know, one person I will stick up for, and maybe it's only be because we only saw him for ten seconds. But whoever was Tony Stark, not bad. Yeah, no, he was not bad. I had like I have a was... feeling I didn't check, but I'm wondering if maybe it's the same guy from Avengers, the animated show that they yeah. made around. The... Because that guy is, does a very good Robert Downey Jr., and I wonder if they just called him back because he he can yeah. do it really well.
1: I think they should have either gotten all other actors or. I mean, I know you can't get all the original cast back, but yeah. write it differently so you don't need. So you don't need. Don't shoot. I mean, I think. You know I, mean? I think like, what
0: you need to do is you need to. This is you shouldn't have to do this, but you need to do the James Bond video game thing, where like when they sign onto the movies, you lock them into voice work as well. Because unfortunately, the only one who's really a geek on that cast is Samuel L. Jackson. He lives for this stuff. You know, he was the one that you know he basically told Kevin Feige, "You're putting me in these films." Otherwise, they don't want to do it. And then, as you say, you end up with this hodgepodge of a cast. So you kind of need to tie them to the fact that this is, yeah, this is seven films and an animated series and the video games.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a mess um, yeah. in some ways. But no, like I, I think that it's definitely got the potential to continue going well. And what's next after what if? What's our next TV show?
0: Moon Knight, I believe. Oh, Moon Knight. Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know what's happening.
0: It. I don't know what's happening with. With Ms. Marvel I imagine it happens soon Because obviously it needs to happen before the Marvels I hate Moon Knight he's, I know you do but Every Moon Knight coming up with a kind of like red It's just him being all like crazy
1: It's so if it's based, difficult
0: being crazy I'm going go on the out <laughs> If it's based on the run I think it's based on It'll be good And Oscar Isaac is always good, Oscar he's, only is only been, always good. he's only ever been bad once And that was Apocalypse And that was out of his hands He, you know he did the best he could with terrible material I like X-Men Apocalypse, okay, you so... You, you really don't. No one likes that. Film. Yes, I do. I, I do awful. like it.
1: I, I really like it. It's I, so bad. I, I can't imagine a world where they took a script that was like Saturday morning cartoon quality and we're all like, let's spend... Hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> making this into a Hollywood movie, and nobody looked over it and was all like, "It's it's really it's cheesy and and and, and, and child, like the guy looks like a Power Rangers villain." And somehow they got all the way through production, and it's totally insane. Yeah. Like Magneto's in such a bad place, and he's being yeah. so genuinely and the thing
0: awful. Is, the thing is, man, like when you have that scene when they kill his family fassbender sells the hell out of that yeah scene. that seems he great tremendous in that scene and then like as you say a minute later it's just cartoon outfits are on and
1: what and i really love is the fact that fassbender's it. already so angry because his family are dead and then the apocalypse is like let's go look at auschwitz and they just go to auschwitz <laughs> and look at it and he's all like are you angry yet Mac-Dieter? see what they did to you like was <laughs> just all like god I was already so angry about <laughs> Auschwitz. It's just like, it's absolute insanity. The one thing I will
0: say, I think, is it that film where he has the great quote where Charles gets ready for a speech and then <laughs> Magneto's like, You're always sorry, and there's always a speech. There's always a fucking speech, Charles. <laughs> it's Shut one up. of the best quotes in the whole franchise because um, it's so apt, it's brilliant.
1: I really like the ending where Jean goes Phoenix. I think that that's a much more effective use of the Phoenix than you
0: get in most. I X think X-Men it is. Stuff. I think the problem is it didn't have the impact for me because it's like, oh, what's this—the seventh time she's gone Phoenix? It just yeah. doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I love the Phoenix Force. I love so, the um, Phoenix too, but I also think you use it sparingly for impact. It's not just th- like, oh, it's Tuesday. She's Phoenix.
1: Uh, I think Olivia Munn's a great choice for. She is, Kylo- and she deserves he- a
0: much. And you know, the saddest thing is, you know that was so basically she got offered two side um scripts at the same time Ryan Reynolds wanted her in Deadpool to be girlfriend who gets killed no no Psylocke. oh okay yeah he, she was in the original script but mm-hmm. she has um i think one action scene whereas obviously this they pro- promised her a more significant role which ended up getting cut anyway so she turned mm-hmm. down Deadpool to do this and it's like oh she's a great casting choice she would have been great with him and I mean, I understand why she chose what she chose because the rest of the franchise was fairly proven at that point. Deadpool was a new entity, so I get it. But uh, it's just when you think of what could have been, she would I have tell been
1: you great. what I really love is that bit where Apocalypse comes out of the grounds and he and he touches the TV and he looks through all of human history and it's just all like, yeah, you shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> I hate you. I'm gonna kill you all. I like, like, yeah, fair I feel enough. Like half yeah, I feel like half an hour of TV you could do that to
0: anybody. Okay, so Patrick, what have you been watching or reading this week or playing?
1: Um, okay, so I've been playing Life is Strange, uh, which is a 2015 story-based like narrative game. Okay. Um, yeah, I never played it, so I decided that I would give it a go. Um it's got like you, it's just like a story that you follow through and you have to kind of make choices that drive the plot onwards. Um I've really enjoyed it it's got some very 2015 teenagers slang in it um like they, they they say things like sad face at each other um and 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 there's a bit of it where you're a bit like oh is that is that you know is that what people is that even what how people spoke in 2015 um that sounds hashtag radical yeah, it's just like that. And then and then occasionally they'll use pieces of slang that are so 80s, and you're all like, ah, it's the person writing this, sneaking through. Hello, um, fellow children. Yeah, absolutely. But it's got a really charming plot, and I really like the characters. Uh, I'm playing the PS4 version on PS5, and at the start of the fourth chapter of five, I have encountered a glitch where every time I try and do anything, I fall through the floor and cannot move. And nice. now I can't make any progress and I don't want to start again. <laughs> so I think this might be the end of the road with my no. uh, Life is Strange <laughs> journey. But um, there's a remastering coming out next month. So I think so I might wait that. until that comes out so that I can actually play it on the console without it uh, shitting I... itself completely. <laughs> uh, me and Beth have also been watching The out- Outer Banks. Have you watched Outer Banks? No, it rings a bell, but I can't say I've ever watched it. Uh, it's like The O.C., mixed with a kind of treasure hunt like okay. so it's it's very teenage drama-y uh, it's it's got a real soap opera thing about it where like everybody keeps dying and then getting and then it's all like oh no actually you know she got shot and flatlined but then he you know totally he loved her and she's come back to life um, <laughs> and anybody who appears to actually be dead will show up again later at some point and be all like it's me i'm alive um and they're kind of like, and they're on this implausible treasure hunt where, even though they're teenagers, they're just as good at treasure hunting as all the millionaires that they're racing against. Uh, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's charming. It's a good way to fill some time. We started watching it with Heath because we needed something that was like child and adult appropriate. Yeah, friendly, yeah, Um, And and it's good. I like. It's not great, but I like. It's it's kind of charming trash. Um, and. And yeah, like I, I there's some of the characters that I really like, and yeah, it's 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 fine. Um, I've not had, I've not, I don't think I've watched any movies this week, because uh, I've been so busy, and yeah, we've not played loads of games either. So yeah, like I've been mostly just like we're watching a bit of Community, uh, because Beth's not seen that before. Um, yes, but yeah, you know, not, nothing, nothing big this week, nothing crazy. What you've been watching?
0: Uh, so. <laughs> I've been watching some Bollywood films. Uh, okay. Someone, someone very close to me has been kind of like e- e- easing me into Bollywood and explaining Bollywood to me. And Ooh. Bollywood, like, you know, I think like any other kind of section of cinema, whether it's French or American, has all kinds of different genres and different adaptations of it. But I've been watching a lot of the romantic stuff, um, which I think most people even aren't familiar with it. You, you would have seen the tropes, the big dance numbers. and Yeah. Kind of boy meets girl and boy doesn't like girl or, or you know. Has to win girl over, win girl's father's approval. So you can see, yeah, girl's family don't approve. Yeah, you can see, you can see it a mile off. But what has really impressed me, and I'd seen glimpses of it before, but just seeing it, you know, see, and so one of the movies I saw yesterday, it translates in English to love stories, and it's about it's it's like kind of three sets of stories. You've got these three students who end up in a boarding school together, and they're all trying to win the hearts of separate women who all have complicated histories, and then the teacher. Who is egging them on their music teacher, you find out he has his own story. And mm. you kinda of see where all these things are going from the start. There is actually a twist which was quite impressive. But more than that, it's the scale of these things and how skillfully it's handled. The only thing I can compare it to, to anyone who hasn't seen it, was you know when China had the Olympics and we were all just in awe of that insane opening ceremony. Mm. It's like that. You've got thousands yeah. of dancers on screen. They're all perfectly in sync. They're all acting at the same time. So yeah, sometimes it's a bit over dramatic and cheesy, but whatever, I mean, this, when people write about love, well, they can write about what a spectrum it is. So at the beginning of these films, you fall hopelessly in love with someone. They don't love you back. That's devastating. It doesn't feel like anything else matters. And then they love you back and it feels like you can take over the world. And yeah, uh, and This What happens with these films, which is amazing, is everyone plays their role to convey all of that. So the dancers, who are the actors and sometimes the singers as well, are doing all this. They're they're selling their facial expressions while singing these amazing songs, whilst dancing these routines with hundreds of people on screen. Then the cameraman has to make sure he's capturing all this. Then the costumes have to be on point. And it's one thing that, like, you know, I love Tarantino. I love Catherine Bigelow. I love Scorsese. But it's funny, I guess, because you and I watch maybe more Marvel than anything. I compare a lot of what I watch to the MCU, and they whoever is in charge of the MCU right now, Ken Faggy, you need to be watching Bollywood. And I and that sounds funny, but seriously, I so I saw a film yesterday. I would forgotten the name of it, but there is a gentleman who he falls on hard times, and he starts seeing a sex worker. She's she's a she's a dancer, and she's a private dancer. And first of all, the set of this place. It's like covered in crystals. Her costume has the most intricate details and it's it's done so cleverly. She's not dressed like the other dancers there. She's she's an emerald and they're all white. And it's a choice that obviously immediately draws your eye to her when she does her dance routine. And then the camera zooms in and there's just jewels on every inch of her costume. And it, it just, it tells you so much about her, why she's not mm. like the other dancers, why he's so intrigued by her it's all these things that like you guys at Marvel have a billion dollar budget. And yet somehow every superhero in that universe just has this militarized rubber costume. And these guys, and you know, what's interesting is so in the Eternals, one of the characters, you find, you find that actually his time on earth, he has been a Bollywood star. Um, that's Kingo. And so it's going to be interesting to see, because I think there's a scene where you, where when you catch up to what the Eternals have been doing on earth, you see him filming a production and I'll be very interesting to see Marvel's take on that because having seen yeah. the authentic stuff now, it's it's so visually impressive. Even if you're not, you don't follow the story, you're not the biggest fan of the acting, the spectacle knocked me off my feet. It, it's I it's just for, you know I would I recommend anyone who's a fan of film and wants to see how it's done differently. I mean another thing as well, is a lot of these films like three hours long. Yeah. You know they really, really go into depth. They really give you that character history. They really, really build up to is. We all know what the payoff's going to be, but they yeah. really hang, have leave hanging on. Is he going to get to her? Is he? Are you sure? Um, yeah. So it's been an eye into a view into a, a different world. Um, yeah. But I've really enjoyed it, and I'm just so impressed. And then you hear about some of these directors and actors, and you find that they do ten or fifteen films a year. It's nothing How? like. Yeah, That's you're... insane. Yeah, it's three hours, these massive stretching sets, hundreds of extras, loads of color, costume, everything. And it's one of 10 productions they're going to do in that that part of the year.
1: You know um, that the Eternals are going to track him down and he's going to be in the Indian Army, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know that they're all going to join the Army and that's yep. what, they've, what they've been doing because that's how the MCU seems to view people. Yes. <laughs> soldiers. We're all soldiers.
0: Captain, Captain Marvel's a soldier now. and I mean, and... it's just... <sighs>
1: Yeah, I'm sick of soldiers, but I'm I do, I, I do understand
0: that they're taking. I get power. it. I get, I get that the U.S. Army will give you billions of dollars to yeah. tell people that they're amazing. Well, then you need if, um... to use
1: their boats and stuff, don't you? They always, they always need some sort of boats and planes yeah. and whatnot. Like, I don't. know. I, just I feel like
0: make I, a deal with Tesla.
1: I'm assuming that the Suicide Squad didn't get any funding from the army.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm p- probably sure they did. I don't think. <laughs> I, I think the only um, time DC's actually reached out to them was um, for Man of Steel. Yeah, of course it's from Man of Steel. Man of Steel's got
1: a really weird army bits in it, which just
0: don't add anything to the plot. Well, what's funny is like, when you consider the fact that the head of the army ends up being Martian Manhunter, it's not a great advert for the army that he's allowed to advance so highly (laughs) in their ranks and no one's realised he's not a human being.
1: (laughs) We got infiltrated. What I think is really funny about that is the way that it kind of attracts, like the army is excellent. And then at the end, it's got that scene where Clark's all like, hey army guys, Want to tell me what to do? Well, fuck you. I do not fucking want that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what is, what is the message? Well, I know what the message yeah. is. The message is that white guys born with giant privilege should be allowed to whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. But like, it's just yeah, such a weird, such a weird film. Um, it is a weird film.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah, so next episode we will cover, I'll explain Kanye West. It's going to be a journey, but thank you as always to everyone who's been following us and and supporting us. Please keep liking, subscribing. We know we say every week, but honestly, it it, you have no idea how like the five seconds of you doing that helps us. I can tell the episodes where people haven't haven't because I see the numbers and they're kind of all over the place. So the weeks, even if you haven't engaged with it so much, please if you like us, just take the chance to spread it to other people because they might connect with an episode more than you might do. And um, you know, if there is stuff you have connected with more tell us and i have a lot of good feedback about patrick's final fantasy episode so if you want to know more video stuff yeah yeah so, way, wow. <laughs> so if you want to know more about that stuff tell us um i know loads of people love the pitch off we are working on another one we've got to see if uh rosie's free and we are working with other guests it's just taking the time to get everyone's schedules on place but you know we're going to keep trying new things but we won't know what works unless you tell us unless you like it unless you spread it and we can see from the numbers um you Know if you don't tell us, we'll just keep talking about stuff we like. So.
1: I thought that final fantasy
0: one was gonna kill us. I feel pretty good about that, so that uh... was great. It was great. Um, uh, I have finished my action Vigor review video that will probably go up sometime later this week. Um, and Patrick might start doing some videos soon as well. So the YouTube channel will be going back up.
1: I bought a fancy microphone and camera, so uh, right. I, I've yes, got, so I got Firing and all do. cylinders. Yeah, I gotta you, I gotta justify the purchase of them
0: right yeah so there's definitely more material coming um i've got some stuff planned for black history month i'm really looking forward to some ideas also hopefully for halloween we can do some cool halloweeny stuff the blade runner episode is coming up and like i said we will cover the matrix as well so there's lots of good stuff if you're not subscribed get subscribed tell a friend to subscribe and um when we hit hit a certain milestone of uh followers both here on, on the youtube I'm gonna give away like a grab bag full of really cool stuff, and it is really yeah. cool. It's not just. And she has to like take it. his
1: shirt off and
0: send you pictures of him with his shirt off. That's well, that's, 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 that's that's what's gonna happen if you don't subscribe. That's <laughs> <laughs> if you don't subscribe, you will all have pictures of me in your inbox that you cannot delete. In fact, every time you hit delete, you'll get another picture sent. If you don't subscribe, we're gonna start singing at the at the end of every podcast. Funnels anyway. and bars. You don't oh. want that, so. <laughs> <laughs> so like subscribe and tune in um it might be next week or it might be the end of this week we'll see um for i explain kanye west but thank you everyone see you soon peace